0: Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you.
1: Hello everyone, this is Brandi Shapiro-Babin and welcome to this edition of Cover Story. I'm very excited because this is our kickoff for uh, our featured series on the Silver Anvils from the Public Relations Society of America. And for those of you that don't know, uh, the Silver Anvil series is the most highly coveted award series for the public relations community. This year, there was an unprecedented 855 entries with 104 finalists. Last year, there were 101 finalists. This year, there's 104 finalists, and there's amazing, amazing campaigns that are entered into this year's um, Silver Anvils celebration, which is going to commence on June 14th, 2007. So every week through June 14th, you will be able to hear from some of the world's finest finalists. And um, afterward, after the... Um, the award ceremonies. We'll be listening to the top winners, just like we did last year. This is the Oscars for the public relations community. And I'm so happy to help me kick off this series. I have with us Rhoda Weiss, who is APR fellow PRSA chair and CEO of the Public Relations Society of America. Um, And you know, when I look at Rhoda's bio, my goodness, $6 Miles speaking and consulting to over 700 organizations in 49 states and she's authored more than 300 journal articles and a book she's a perpetual student uh, my goodness above and beyond this woman is probably one of the nicest people you will ever meet I don't know how she manages to accomplish everything she does and she does it with such grace so without further ado welcome Rhoda Welcome to you, and uh, welcome
2: everyone, and we're very excited and looking forward to the Silver Anvil program, and the entries are wonderful, and they're really making a difference in the communities they serve in the world and the the corporate sector, and uh,
1: really making huge differences for communities uh, around the globe. I mean, this is tremendous. Let's chat a bit. I mean, talk about the diversity of the campaigns that are included this year as finalists. I mean we have, you know, everything from uh the Veterans Association to Dell Computers to Microsoft's uh um Zune. I actually like saying that. It feels good in my mouth when I <laughs> when I say that. Well if you look at the entries over the years,
2: including this year, we are we're really looking at it really looking at many issues including societal issues, um how to um go into schools and really impact uh, children with asthma. Asthma is one of the most chronic diseases facing children, the number one reason kids come into the ER. So we're looking at that. We're looking at a program with Magic Johnson on um, combating AIDS in the African-American community. Over the years, we've done many programs that have looked at um, uh, defeating cancer, Having healthier lunches in schools, uh, typically schools you go into school lunchroom and you have foods that are fried deeper fried or deeper mm-hmm. fried, and now we have groups like Conagra who's going in and doing campaigns to add um, whole grains to the menu so we're we're looking at um, combating and preventing disease, uh, recycling, uh, supporting charities, uh, rebranding organizations in the past, we've looked at rebranding of Kodak moving uh, xerox from a uh, copying machine image to a, a broader image use advocacy one of the programs this year looks at uh, how to get at risk kids to volunteer in the community and if kids are volunteering then they ex- as a thank you they're invited to a concert and that's a program that uh began a couple years ago and has really had an impact in those communities and that those kids now are continuing to volunteer and see the importance of volunteering we're looking at programs um, from the Heart Association to increase awareness of of cardiac disease among women. More women die of heart disease than men. Isn't that we well. have the Crisis communications with uh, Dell. Uh, one of the programs looks at uh, positioning uh, the Russian who uh, president as the president of the G8. Uh, the programs are numerous, and they really make you proud of this profession, uh, proud of what we're doing another program that looked at um, Midwest farmers who were having challenges because of uh, the uh, rumors and the diseases um, among chickens in other countries, and that program uh, gave hope and help to farmers in those communities. So the programs are many. It's another program on uh, 9-11 uh, representing the, um, the the gentleman who, who owned the 9-11 property and how uh, using public relations to rebuild uh, the space that the World Trade Center was in. So there's lots and lots of programs that are making big differences in our communities, in the world, in the corporations, and uh,
1: around the world. So that's pretty exciting. It is. It's it's extremely exciting. And it's wonderful to be able to see, you know, not only, um, you know, I think we've noticed here a Cover Story, a huge push towards transparency and enrolling the community in your messaging, and when you can do something like that, when it comes to children with asthma, when it comes to the World Trade Center, when it comes to things that are near and dear to our heart, to really reach out to the community that you benefit from, or the community that needs to be properly educated, that's a true success in a campaign. Absolutely, because we can make a difference in people's
2: lives. We can change people's behavior uh, to create better health. You, there's, uh, there were some programs also this year that looked at helping people who are still suffering in Louisiana and Mississippi to help people in those communities. There's programs that, that look at um, uh, community hunger, people that don't have enough food to eat, and um, grocery, grocers and the communities coming together to combat hunger. So the programs are enormous. You look at uh, over the last... 61 years. Actually, PRSA is 60 years old, and the year that, that we were getting chartered, Silver Anvil started a year before we started. So it's the 61st anniversary. There have been more than a thousand organizations and agencies that have been honored over those 61 years. That's beautiful. And you look at these entries, and you are so proud to be in this profession. You look last year too at the Dove campaign. And what an impact that had on messaging toward women, that beauty is really inside and beauty is in everyone. And that campaign still has legs and is still moving forward. You look at uh, the public relations professional last year from the NHL and the impact Mm -hmm. that that has had in terms of bringing back fans to um, a hockey league that was closed and locked out for a year. Right. I mean, it, it could have collapsed, God forbid. Sure it could have, and, and the commissioner was there with the Stanley Cup last year saying <laughs> the reason this was successful is because of public relations. Absolutely, and We see that over and over again, and the campaigns also point out that public relations, while it has part of it has to do with media, it really is about strategy. It's re- reaching communities. It's reaching stakeholders. It's demonstrating that multi, multiple mediums do, do maximize messages, and a lot of uh, the messages this year, are being transmitted over the Internet, on YouTube, on Second Life, and MySpace, and Facebook. So we're seeing communications broaden in how we're reaching targeted publics. And then the, the good old one-to-one communications that we're seeing over and over again. So it's, uh, the entries are exciting. The program is exciting. And the learning from this program, our members yes. are able to access For many, 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 many years, um, all the the entrants and the finalists, to look at it, to learn from it, educators use it, to teach students. Many of us look at it to learn how people, about case studies, and how people utilize public relations to increase funding, market share, a
1: difference in the communities we serve. I mean, that's tremendous. Once upon a time, I actually uh, started a charity. Um, to benefit um, the American Cancer Society actually, and it was an honor of my father. And I, I went I very diligently, Was I called it the hero campaign, um, because you're helping yourself and you're helping to cure one of the most um, global diseases that exist today. And I think companies are really seeing that, not only can they help the community of which you know they live in, but they can also promote themselves. And public relations in the past has been looked at mildly let's say as being the red-haired stepchild. And with very savvy consumers, advertising is I think losing a lot of traction and PR is really taking the lead because it does have so many legs because of the various ways we can communicate today. And I think that's such a huge point and I think it's phenomenal that we have this series Um, on Webmaster Radio and Cover Story where you're listening to the breakaway brands and the brand makers tell you how they took, you know, and and changed Xerox. Like, I mean, my God, a heritage brand like Xerox and completely changed their branding, which I'm sure a lot of people looked at and thought, oh, my God, you could never do that. When you think of Xerox, you think of one thing. Um, The different tactics that were employed, the super imaginative things that they can use for themselves. And then outside of the fact that, you know what? someone's gotta win, why not let it be you? So be inspired by the stories and these people that work so hard and so diligently for their clients and for themselves to you know, become a finalist.
2: It's, it is, uh, it's truly amazing and it makes you very proud to be part of this profession and proud of what groups of people are doing coming together, their creative ideas, their innovative ideas to say, we are gonna change communities, we're going to change perception, we're gonna deal with crisis, We're going to come back from crises that have hurt our organizations. We're going to make a difference. And people are making a difference through their skills and abilities Mm -hmm. and bringing organizations and people together, collaborating with other groups, collaborating with communities, collaborating around the world. We've had over the years a number of um, international entries that have really made a difference within their own countries and worldwide. We, we're, we're caring about people. We have, uh, one of the entries really looks at seniors who um, have, reading, have reading challenges because their vision is gone and how they can reach them through different means so that they can still enjoy books and still
1: enjoy publications
2: and, and collaborating with other groups. So, uh, it's, Which is it's so just, nice to
1: keep the quality of life. And, and you
2: see that over and over again, dealing with young people, dealing with people of all ages and all stages of their lives, dealing with corporations that may need repositioning or rebranding, like the example, again, of, um, of what Xerox did, uh-huh. uh, moving from copying to a new image, uh, what Kodak has done, redefining their brand. But It's all over, um, and it's, it's just each time I go over these entries and read them, people like Select Comfort that is, is uh, supporting charities Uh, Literally. (laughs) Literally supporting charities. And uh, um, there is another one that uh, was creating mental health awareness among diverse communities. Looking at youth advocacy, one of our past winners was getting youth to vote. We have uh, challenges sometimes with uh, Generation Y in terms of uh, apathy. And this was a program to say we're going to find a way that's interesting through concerts, through People who they uh, admire in their own generation and making a difference. We have, you know, seen Liz Claiborne do a lot of um, programs on teenage violence against women. Uh, it's just it's it's mind-boggling, and it's and these are issues that we need to face as a country and as a world, and that organizations need to face. And it's thrilling uh, to see what people are doing. It just makes you very proud to be in this profession.
1: It does. Well, and it's nice to also see, you know, quote unquote, corporate America take a stand and really, you know, I mean, there's unfortunately, you know, every, every, you know, every cause is a good cause. Um, But to be able to choose a cause that they believe deeply in and something that's going to, you know, help their brand, you know, help them with their market reach, but as well give, you know, give back make a change, help to make sure that as we um, you know, traverse the waters in this century that we're continuing to make this a wonderful place to live for you know, our generation and generations to come. Yes, it's, um, and, 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 you, and you
2: keep seeing it over and over again. You, there's another entry that, uh, that was um, from the military of bringing people out of Lebanon. Uh, and again, the 9-11 entries, the Katrina entries. The entries that, that reach communities and make
1: a difference in communities. When did it's, you think, Rhoda, I apologize, when did you please. see the change, this shift with corporations really, I because mean, you always had, you know, McDonald's with the Ronald McDonald House, for example, but you had very, you know, in Walmart, you had very select companies that had their own foundations and they chose their charities or, or they created their own charities. When did you start seeing a shift for companies, corporate America, really creating these programs that benefited the community at large?
2: One of the fastest-growing areas of public relations is CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility. In Paris, they, we even have a section with that name and title. I think, by and large, corporations were doing something. I grew up in Detroit, and, and you look at uh, what GM and Ford and Chrysler have tried to do in the community, so, serve especially the Detroit community. The difference now is that it's, it is, um, instead of uh, looking at uh, doing it um, More haphazardly, it's now um, a function with our organizations. I think people have been doing these things for years, but many times we don't know about it. They've Mm -hmm. been anonymous, Mm -hmm. and now they're really telling people we're doing these things, and they're engaging the community to try to figure out which organizations we should support. They're working uh, many times with public relations agencies and their own in-house public relations staff, and executives to say, what are the kinds of things that make sense in our community? What are the greatest needs? One of the changes that we're seeing, too, is that before many corporations would give dollars or support many different kinds of charities, what we're seeing now is organizations are concentrating on specific topics that are making a difference. You've seen Liz Claiborne uh, talking about their whole campaign as love is not abuse, and really for years has been looking at the issue of, of abuse among women. Um, youth mm-hmm. and women. Uh, you see people like Avon looking at the issue of breast cancer and taking on that issue. Um, there's health care uh, insurance plans that are saying we're going to do things to help the aging community. So while people have been contributing to the community and trying to make a difference for years now they're focusing and saying we're going to concentrate and put our efforts in this area another trend we're seeing that's also coming out of public relations is that we're seeing uh, public relations departments of organizations putting together volunteer efforts where not only will organizations contribute uh, monetarily to different organizations or support them or have food drives or other type of awareness campaigns. Uh, but they will also get their own employees to volunteer for different organizations. One of the things we're inaugurating this year is something called PRSA Cares. And PRSA Cares will recognize um, our members and our organizations and our chapters that are doing things to help their communities so that we are hoping to get a whole repository of ideas of things that are people, our own members are doing throughout the country and the world, and so people can see examples of good works we can honor those good works, learn from those good works, and network and find out how did you do this and how can we do this in our own community.
1: See, and that is so important, having that, you know, full disclosure where people can pick and choose and that they can go and implement it into their, into their environment, whether it's, you know, a large corporation or a smaller town, because all of these ideas are brilliant and you can pick and choose and adopt something that really works for you. I agree. It's... Uh Every organization needs to have a corporate social responsibility arm,
2: needs to be going out into the community and saying, what are the needs of the community? We are a part of this community. What can we do to help this community? And we're seeing more and more now people targeting the community, saying this is trying to identify what the needs are, putting together a group of people within the organization and helping to tackle those community needs because every corporation does have a social responsibility to make this place in their communities, a better place to live. And we're seeing them tackle issues of aging, environmentalism, uh, domestic violence, um, hunger, uh, health, chronic health care problems that often occur because of the environment. We're going to see more and more of that. And we see that through these silver anvil entries. We also see that throughout the country with our, what our members are doing in all sectors.
1: That is so terrific. Rhoda, let's go to a quick commercial break. And uh, we will be right back.
3: Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. This is Reverend Jesse Jackson. Keep hope alive with Webmaster Radio.
0: today!
4: Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper, sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at adobe.com. Or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create.
3: Commercials off. Now back to Cover story. story. We're reserving a headline for you only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here's your host.
1: Hello everyone, this is Brandi Shapiro-Babin, back again with Rhoda Weiss, who is the chair and CEO for the Public Relations Society of America, and I'm very blessed to have her with me on this kickoff radio show for the Silver Anvil series from the Public Relations Society of America. And uh, for those of you that do not know, Rhoda is the powerhouse when it comes to the healthcare industry and public relations in general. She has been quoted in the Wall Street Journal in almost every major media outlet, made, I think, last week even, or this week. She's been on CNN, uh, The Washington Times. She is a woman to, uh, to be heard from and, and to see and be seen. So we're very happy to have her here on this kickoff radio show. Welcome back, Rhoda. Thanks. Great to be here! Yay! So previously, and you know what, this—it's just—it's a, a topic that's near and dear to me. I agree with you 100%. I think it's so wonderful to see companies taking responsibility for the fact that they benefit um, from various communities and posturing themselves in a way that they give back to—you know—give back to the world that they exist in. I think it's wonderful, and I think it's terrific, too, That and they do it in a way that's fun and compelling, and they're taking on issues, and they're taking on issues that sometimes the government can't take on. But um, one of uh, my favorite quotes comes from Horace Mann, who
2: was the uh, founder of uh, public education, and he was also the first president of Antioch uh, College and University, and he he said that, uh, be afraid to die until you've scored a victory for humanity. And I think for all of us, in public relations, we have these skills to communicate, written communications, oral communications, to communicate with different audiences. We have to, we have an obligation to ourselves, to our communities, and to the world to use those skills to really make a difference, to combat uh, disease and hunger, to, uh, you know, all of us, especially those of us who around in the 60s, grew up thinking we are going to change the world. Uh, we are going to make Absolutely. a difference. Are, and I think that as communicators, we can make a difference. We can work within our communities to make that difference, to help organizations, to help our communities, and make this a better world. It may sound corny, but it is real. And, uh, and we have this obligation to do it as part of these skills. And we need to make a difference, and we're seeing that in Silver Anvils. We're seeing that in the work that's being done in the community. One of the interesting things that they're doing in my home community of Los Angeles is that they have something called uh, Quality Time with PR Minds. And every year, uh, charitable organizations will come together with PR professionals for a day. And it's free, and we will and you can meet one-on-one with small groups of very seasoned professionals that will help charities uh, to learn how to... Um, promote their charity, how to get funding, how to reach different target audiences, how to build a better board. And we do that because if we can help these organizations become successful, then our community of Los Angeles and the entire Southland will be better. So we offer these programs so that we can use our skills and reach many, many charities. Uh, Many of our organizations uh, help charities. We look at our students um, nearly all the student chapters that I'm aware of, and there's almost 300 of them at 300 different universities, Amazing. will take on a charity and use their public relations skills to help that charity, to help organizations and make a difference. And,
1: and hone and really their own what it's skills. About. That's what it's about. It, that, that is what it's about. So, you know, in closing, because unfortunately I could keep you for always, um, so I, I definitely have to have you back very, very soon. Um, you know, it's true. It's, it's nice when we can all be altruistic. But, you know, businesses are businesses, and they're out there to, to make money. But when you can choose something that you're passionate about and make a positive difference while also adding to your bottom line, that's a oh, win-win for everybody.
2: We used to say in, in healthcare care, no margin, no mission. And I turn it around often and say, no mission, no margin. No margin, absolutely. That we need to do both. We need to mm-hmm. do well, and we have to do good.
1: Absolutely, and it puts you out in the spotlight. I mean, we've got coming up next, you know, Larry Koffler and Stacey Bright, who were last Uh year's, um, you know, from Edelman, who were last year's, um, you know, best of uh, winners for the Silver Anvils. They made
2: a huge difference in that Dove commercial. That Dove commercial Uh continues to have legs. Um, You look at uh, what Dove did in that commercial, more importantly, what they've done in public relations and their website and the difference that they have made in, in how women and how girls perceive themselves yes. is absolutely, Profound. positively phenomenal. You look at also what BAN is doing um, on their website in terms of public relations. They're asking people, what would you BAN? And they've had 50,000 people respond. And by doing good and saying, what are the issues we need to look at in this world? Their market share went up 17%. That so you can do good and you can do well at the same time.
1: And that's the point. And, I, and I, that's personally what I'm seeing when I look at a lot of the entries for the Silver Anvil. So it makes me proud um, that we get to do this series here. And it makes me proud that, you know, people are really being creative and being do-gooders. And, you know, that's what I call a hero, someone who helps themselves and, and helps those around them. That's 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 what um, that's why we're around in this
2: world, to make a difference.
1: Yes, and you make a huge difference. Rhoda, I thank you so much for joining us on this thank you. kickoff radio show, and um, I look forward to having you back on very, very soon. Great. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds super. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks. That was Rhoda Weiss, Chair and CEO of the Public Relations Society of America, and truly one of the nicest people I know. We'll be right back with Larry Koffler and Stacy Wright.
3: Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break.
0: Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere
3: easy as xy7.com just call one eight six six xy 7 pays and see how it pays to join xy7 for increased conversions and higher revenue via the newest and hottest ad campaigns call one eight six six xy 7 pays today or sign up at xy7.com and find out why thousands of other successful affiliate marketers already know so don't wait call now one xy 7 pays that's one xy 7 one. XY7.com. The only ad network you'll ever need to get paid. XY7.com. Commercial's off. Now back to cover story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Brandi Shapiro-Babbin, and I am so excited. What a victorious day this is. Our kickoff for the Silver Anvil series here on Cover Story Uh, was a truly inspired interview with Rhoda Weiss, who uh, is a CEO and chair for the Public Relations Society of America. And I have... On the line right now, two of the brightest minds in the public relations world. Um, We've got Larry Koffler, who's a senior vice president of Consumer Brands New York for Edelman, who uh, actually led his team for the uh, 2005-2006 Best of Silver Anvil Award um, for the... um, Oh my goodness! For the Dove campaign for Real Beauty, which is like an iconic, everybody has heard about this campaign, and of course the lovely, very effervescent um, Stacy Bright, who is the senior communications marketing manager for Unilever. Welcome, guys! Hi, that's
5: quite an introduction.
1: Yeah, we were talking about you in the last segment. Uh oh.
5: <laughs> hope it was all good.
1: It was all good. You'll have to listen to the interview. And, we're and going to. We were prepping for this interview, though. We we're so excited. Thank you for having us again. This is so terrific. Well, you know what? You guys are inspiration because you're winners. Woohoo! Right? You won last year. So what did it feel like to win?
4: Wow. Well, do you want me to add? Uh, <laughs> it was such a tremendous experience. I, I, I think my, uh, my heart did not stop pounding for the next uh, 24 hours afterwards we were we were just so incredibly thrilled and uh and really so happy for the teammates i think for for me personally having some of the you know the team members there and being able to to stand on stage with stacy was just uh was was such a thrill I had flashbacks to our um, you know, sort of late night planning sessions uh and uh and all the hard work that went into it so it was just a it's just a tremendous tremendous uh, night both of us
1: that's anti really
5: aw- curious. I agree with Larry. I think that probably standing on the stage together was probably... just an incredible moment because there were so many nights when all we had in our office between us was like one jar of peanut butter and no like utensils and we'd sit there hashing out programs and then to have all the people or at least a large handful of the team that worked so hard on the work to to be there is probably one of the most special moments because there's rare instances when I mean you could have a lot of people talking about the work and you could be I mean one of the things we're most proud about with the Campaign for Old Beauty is the impact that we're making on society and on women yes. and the recognition it gets. But to have that personal recognition um, and to be amongst your, your peers and be thought of as the very best and to be able to share that moment of glory is probably one of the most special moments that you can have in this career. And I don't even know that words can really put it into them. Um, any kind
1: of context of, of how amazing it was for us. And then we had a great little celebration afterwards. Rock on. That's awesome. But I mean, truly <laughs> good. I mean, But good for you in that moment of glory. And it's true. You know, we in life, I think, you know, my mother used to always say, you don't ask for thanks until thanks aren't given. And when you're in the middle of your work, you're not thinking about the thanks. You're just thinking about, you know, oh, my God, do not go for that last little bit of peanut butter in the jar and you're feeling very unglamorous, and you're not realizing the impact of what you do, but you have your integrity and your smarts to go about you know, implementing these plans. And then when you're recognized by your peers, that's phenomenal. And truly, I mean, kudos to you guys because you really made a huge mark globally on the way that young women look at themselves, the way that uh, the way that women in general, children and women, and you're helping to craft self-image in a more positive way, so our youth are, are growing up to be a lot healthier at an early age. So I
4: think w- w- you know that's a great point, and one of the things you know for for speaking for myself and my team, I know Stacy and and her team is you know the ability to be able to work on something that not only you know makes good business sense and helps build a brand. Um, but also, you know, that makes a positive impact on society and and is uh, in doing what's best, as you said, for, you know, for women and young girls. I mean, that is, um, I think we're both really, really fortunate to be able to be in a position to be able to do that.
1: See, and that's, you know, actually, Rhoda and I were discussing that um, in the past segment, that, you know, truly to be a hero is someone who helps themselves and, and helps to benefit the community that they live in, whether it be large or small. And it's nice that, you know, in today's society, you know, you take a, a a huge brand like Dove or Unilever and do something that's promoting your brand, which is giving you market share and obviously, you know, um, increasing, you know, increasing margins and adding to the bottom line, but making a positive difference in the world around you. And we're seeing a huge shift um, in, you know, in public relations to that deploying those sort of campaigns, which is so positive. Um, so, kids, let me ask you, so what's next for the both of you?
5: Uh. Well, to be quite honest with you, we continue to have an incredibly busy and full plate with the campaign for Real Beauty. So we've launched uh, our next phases, which include uh, Evolution, which was a viral campaign that really helped Um, show a young woman transformed into a supermodel almost in sped up time over 10 hours. They did her hair and makeup and blew her out and then turned her into more of a computer-generated billboard where the young woman in the video didn't even uh, recognize herself, uh, which really was about aiming at showing, um, especially young girls and women that are online, um, that, you know, no wonder our view of beauty is distorted, because if, if we think that what we see in magazines and images is, is real, it's not, because here are all the things that actually go into it. And then most recently, we've launched our pro-age campaign, which is really looking and debunking um, the stereotypical myths that, that only young is beautiful. So... From, and, of course, getting ready for all the surprises that we still have for Campaign for All Beauty. So that Perfect. alone is keeping us pretty busy, although Larry and I keep looking out the window and hoping that, you know, the sun will come out so we can do something fun as well.
1: Oh, but it's, it sounds like your your business is your passion. And good for you. I'm all about 40 is the new 20. So Or, or even 50 and 60 is the new 30 and 40. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know what, you can be... Um, Let's see, dead at 19, alive at 99. It's all about what's in your mind.
4: You
5: know what? That's the amazing thing. So women that we've been working on with our campaigns, they embrace that philosophy so much that they do so much more with their lives than even I do. I look at how active they are and how just amazing, because, you know, we only work with real women. So we never really know some of the people that that are going to join our different campaigns and the spirit that they have. And just getting to know each of the the women has been amazing and how it touches our lives. Um, and the spirit that they bring. So, yes, I definitely think that these women are, are showing that spirit that you can have and you sort of gain as you get older.
1: Good for you. Okay, so I have a an off-topic question. So if you were to have the time, you're looking out your window, and you're thinking there's fun outside of that window, what would you be doing?
5: Um, well, I'm getting ready to get married, so I- I'm probably looking <laughs> forward to my honeymoon for fun, but Larry and I were just... Uh, Just thinking about all the great places in the world we might go to travel, but we're both pretty avid bikers, so we probably would go on a bike jaunt together.
1: Oh, that's... Okay, so where? Right? I've got my magic wand. As soon as our interview's over, you're going to be cast off to any place you want, bike, water bottle, the whole nine yards.
4: Okay, I think I'm going to go out and... um, I'm going to go with Thailand.
1: Ah, now why?
4: You know, I I just heard so many great things about it, and and I think it would be a... uh, you know, it'd be an adventure. It's, it's, it's something that, you know, part of the world I've never been to, and uh, did the ability to sort of combine something where, you know, or an adventure where you can learn about a new culture, but also, you know, get out and, and bike 40, 50 miles a day. <laughs> um, you know, it would, uh, which is which is not what we're doing. Uh, these that we're trying you know, If you get 20 minutes in the, on the treadmill,
1: right? That's uh, a huge deal. It's,
4: it's, a, it's you know, it's a good a Good
5: week, right? Uh, having biked in Asia, it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit crazy and a little bit dangerous. I- I'm not sure that I'm ready to go biking in Asia again, although uh, I did love it. But I'm not sure Larry and I are taking our next vacation together. We may have to like debate this
1: out a little yeah, bit. We no, no, place. that's okay. I'm not sending you together if you don't want to. <laughs> oh, really? we, can, good. We, can, we can separate you guys for like uh, two weeks. So, so, Stacey, where are we sending you?
5: So, before you say it, before I tell you where I'd go, I think I might miss Larry though. I think I'm starting to think he's like my day husband. I spend more time with him than my fiance, so I, I probably so would miss him over two weeks. But I think, um, although not really the best biking, I really do want to get over to Africa. But I would bike New Zealand.
1: Oh, okay. So right, somewhere New Zealand and Thailand. Probably biking New Zealand. So let me do this. Let's take. Are you a- sending us? Uh, listen well I got to do this I got to take a quick break let me make a few phone calls so I can have a rickshaw go and pick up uh, Larry and I (laughs) can have um, you know some sort of New Zealand I I don't know rugby team team come and carry you off to your (laughs) um, airplane and, uh, and so let me go make those arrangements and we'll be right back after this commercial break
3: stick around cover story we'll be back after this short break
0: into a fortune
3: 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City Steve Talbot's Ford Escort Radiator Hose bursts near the town of Hooker he types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one box search (laughs) he has a great time that he can't expense truelocal.com, two boxes one click, great results
4: Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on genieknows.com Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command. genieknows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program.
1: Genieknows has results.
3: Genieknows.com. Commercials off. Now back to cover story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your
1: host. Hello, everyone. This is Brandi Shapiro-Babin back from our break. And we have have winners on the line. These people are inspiration to everyone. Uh, We have last year's Best of Silver Anvils uh, winner, Larry Koffler, Senior Vice President, Consumer Brands in New York. Um, and as well, Miss Stacy Bright, who is the senior marketing manager, communications, I'm sorry, marketing manager for Unilever. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you. Yay. Hey. Okay, so I made the arrangements. <laughs> We're guys. so excited. I'm so glad. See, it's like winning all over again. That's what happens when you talk to me. I make dreams come true. Sort of like in a couple. As long as
5: we don't, um, <laughs> you know, the great thing about winning the um the the angel mm-hmm. was that we didn't have to wake up from that dream. That just kind of keeps giving every single
1: day. It sounds like this dream may come to an end. <laughs> oh, only if you wanted to. Okay, yeah, so we're all about we're all about theater of the mind here. So now, but all right, so let's talk. What are some great tips that maybe you could give people when it comes to putting in an entry? for the silver anvils, how to best craft them. And then I want to obviously focus on Larry a little bit because uh, for those of you that don't know, Larry was also a judge um, in the silver anvil finalist process.
5: Well, then I guess I'll, I'll start so that Larry mm-hmm. can sort of take you through into the, the, the judging process. But I think that from my experience of as having entries, having worked with entries before, I, I think that clarity is, is the most important thing sometimes You know, people really want to make sure, besides that you hit all of the criteria that you have to, just to obviously make um, the cut for being entered, you also have to think about, people are reading this, and they're reading so many, Mm -hmm. and you really want to make sure that you're hitting the most salient points. What is it that you wanted to accomplish? How did you accomplish it? What were the results? You know, were they measurable? and putting things in the best terms because you have to think a lot of people are looking at them and if it doesn't sort of jump off the page and it's not easy to read, your work can easily get buried. And Absolutely. that's probably the best advice I can give someone who's really looking that may have amazing work. That entry has to um, really present that work in its best light so people that aren't as familiar with it can can
1: really grasp it. I think you made it, and you made it, phenomenal points. And also, too, understanding it sort of like from... Uh from, you know, like the fourth grade when they started teaching you how to, you know, write stories. And they always said, remember, whatever it is that you're writing, pretend that someone doesn't understand anything of what you're saying.
5: Yeah, I think that exactly is the right way to go about it. You mm -hmm. have to assume that people have been locked in their own worlds or, you know, sometimes even, I think when you're, you're presenting work to other judges sometimes they're from totally different disciplines in the industry so they may not know but i think when you have a great body of work and you present it well the pieces that resonate or that rise to the top are the ones that are really salient and that really are clear and create an entire story because anybody can get those as long as you have all the pieces. I, for me, that's probably what what works the best. But Larry, you just recently um, had the opportunity to to judge them, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Maybe you had a different experience.
4: No, I, I agree with you guys. I think it, you know what struck me was this is not an easy task. <laughs> I have you know absolute newfound respect for for um, the folks who have been doing it for you know year after year, and and also for you know really for for PRSA in developing. The criteria, mm-hmm. uh, which was which was extremely helpful, because when you have this strong programming and, and some of this really impressive um, body of work initiatives, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you need you know when you get down to it, it is it's these really small points that that make that make the difference between winning and, and being a great program. Okay, so, so I, yeah.
1: Oh no, no, I was going to say because I think Stacy made some excellent, I mean, truly some excellent, very clear, clear points. What what helped to differentiate the entries for you? What was it that were like the most salient points that really stood out to, you know, jumped out at you to make them, you know, more remarkable than other campaigns?
4: Yeah. I think that, you know, it's funny when I, my, the very first one, I read, you know, the entire binder for cover to cover. I yeah, knew people worked very, very hard on these. Right. And I read, you know, went through every single clip and every single, and then the rest of my, you know, judging team was looking at me like, okay, you need to move it along. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hustle boy, so, hustle. Right,
4: <laughs> so, um, you know, I think for, so for me, once, when, when I realized we had, you know, had a certain amount of time for each entry, we you know, obviously had to give it its due time, but uh, you know, number one was the research, was uh, really being grounded in the research and making sure the research was relevant. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the first thing I looked for. The second thing was something that Stacy mentioned, which was, you know, the connection between the objectives and the results and really creating measurable objectives. Because, you know, when you look at results, they you know, they're they're impressive. They're all impressive. But what was it that we were really setting out to do ahead of time and why? And, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that was the thing. You know, you, there were some entries that we just really had to – but aside, because it, it you know it didn't spell out what those measurable objectives were at the beginning, so I think that's something that's probably a relatively easy fix for people um, when they're putting these together.
1: But very and, important,
4: but extremely important. Mm-hmm. And I think the last the last one was really you know another point that we touched on a little bit, which is the art of storytelling, and and you know creating a sort of a compelling narrative that really shows what the what the issues were. And, and you know, and the thinking, the strategic thinking, um, and you know, because I think you know, the cost of entry is really solid tactical execution. But what's, what what uh, brings it to the next level is the is the is the, is the strategy and the and the planning, and uh, and then all, and how it all weaves together. So um, those are the things that that really sort of top of mind when I was judging.
1: Okay, so now, um, you know. What were the things, I mean, when you went, because you went the the first one, you went through every clipping and you went through the whole nine yards. Were you focusing predominantly on the summary as you went through the judging process? I mean, what were some of the things that you were really looking at when it came to, you know, your overall judgment?
4: Definitely. We we spent, I would say, 80% of the time on the summary, Mm -hmm. uh, reading through, you know, several times actually carefully, spent... The majority of the time on those, really understanding the situation, understanding the uh, the objectives and then and trying to um, get a handle on this on the strategy, and then ultimately looking at how the results matched back to everything that you know that we had talked about at the beginning and and, and how those um, those pieces weave together. so I think it was you know the, the that two page summary was critical. The other pieces were. You know, we looked at the research, um, you know, and then we took a look at some of the coverage, and it was interesting. I think, you know, when, when putting these together, sometimes you had these very thick binders, and it was all sort of the same AP story. Right. You know, so <laughs> in, in some cases, or, or, you know, or or some of the what was pulled out was a different set of messaging than what was in the, you know, so I think it's just important to make sure, and, and it's all incredibly impressive work, but it just, you know, just being careful as to, okay, here are the three key messages we were trying to convey. If your clips are, you know, something that was picked up, that was a little off topic or tangential, that that raised a couple of red flags for us. So, uh, you know, it's almost, um, I think it's just a matter of being really careful about what you put in, you know, the binder and that it supports your summary completely.
1: Right. It doesn't throw you off topic because at the end of the day, you guys are all holed up in a room judging these things. You want to make it as simple as possible for people to understand, like you said, first of all, um, what your objections truly were, how you supported those objectives, the research behind those objectives, and then obviously the, the, the strategy and execution. And then, you know, at the end, obviously... Um, you know, mission-critical statements regarding, um, you know, how you met or exceeded those objectives.
4: Exactly. And I think, you know, in some of the other um, sort of topics of conversation at the table were, okay, what, what were the When do we traditional- get out of here?
1: Do I get meals?
4: <laughs> right. Need me more caffeine. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it was, uh, it, you know, how do we, you know, there's some great traditional media relations tactics. And I think, you know, we and we talked about people who had perhaps Integrated some other ways to reach and engage um, their their audience, so and and it was yeah.
1: Oh no no, continue. I'm sorry.
4: And I think it was it was just it was just an area where we we certainly saw some of that, but it was um, it was sort of uneven. And I think it, I'm sure that's going to be an area where it's certainly a trend in, in the increasing use of sort of more integrated communications, or building around that media agnostic idea, and incorporating all the all the different that we have to connect with
1: consumers. which is which is terrific what are you allowed to say if any campaigns really stood out um, to you
4: I was sworn to secrecy
1: oh no uh, he won't tell me either and I've been asking him all day oh that's horrible a little tease of a little okay so let me ask you a question let me let, let me let me rework this question okay what type of campaigns inspired you the most
4: I think it was the, the campaigns that that told that told a story um, that really painted a picture of the uh, of the the situation and the issue, and um, engaged multiple um, multiple stakeholders to to get the job done. I, and I'm sorry, I'm being so vague. I'm you're I'm very thinking diplomatic. Of, thinking of one, but. Um, you know, I don't want, I, I want to make sure I can judge next year. I don't want to.
1: No, I don't want to I, I know and the I don't PRSA want to people are listening. <laughs> You'll be disinvited. <laughs> yeah, but I'd love to, come on, I'd love to help someone get kicked out of get kicked out of something. Um, what Did you see a trend this year? Like, so now, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, all of these different um, methods for, you know, utilizing PR in ways that we hadn't before and having it be like multi-tiered and, and have many legs. Yeah. Um, have you seen like a, a a true trend change from last year to this year? Either one of you.
4: I, I think you know. I didn't. I was, I didn't judge last year, so I didn't have the benefit of seeing mm-hmm. the broader um, the broader array. But I, I think it just in general, I'm seeing you know public relations as more of a management function, which is exciting. And, and I think um, just the the overall trend towards PR. Um, in, Embracing that the two-way communication, as opposed to the, so the traditional one-way, and the sort of true engagement of stakeholders, I would say, is, is, is something that I think and, you know most of the programs were looking at influencers and, and stakeholder engagement. So, you know, I, I think it it feels like it, it's happening uh, across all the different disciplines. But maybe Stacy, you have a different uh, or
5: I'm a little jealous. I wasn't asked to uh, judge the annuals this year, so uh, I can't use that as my reference point, but obviously working in a company where we have so many brands that mm-hmm. have public relations programs and also just the ability in the industry to view and judge other people's work, I, I think that definitely there is... Um, It is no longer the old model. And it's funny, I've spent a lot of time speaking with Rhonda lately about uh, public relations and, and sort of where this channel is going and sort of staying current. And I think the programs that are really resonating to the top, to Larry's point, are really the ones... That are sort of embracing these sort of new ways of reaching communication and reaching with um, whoever the audience is, mm-hmm. you know, so whether it's it's a healthcare audience or a consumer audience or a corporate audience. But I think finding new ways to engage with that audience and be an influencer or, or a direct means of communication mm-hmm. and being sort of helping be the gatekeeper of that messaging, uh, um, I think the places where that's being the brought out in, in the best and most creative lights are, are, are the programs that are also seeing the most success.
1: Which is tremendous. So you're saying it's, it's a lot of the non-traditional that, that's I really...
5: I think it's not. You know, the funny thing about the word non-traditional is mm-hmm. is as, as things become more and more mainstream, do they then become the traditional? Um, and then the old ways are sort of what we consider traditional today, more antiquated. Um, so it, it's a very funny word I find, um, just because the electronic mediums and, and some of the other forms of communication are changing almost on a monthly or, or bi-monthly mm-hmm. basis to ke- to keep up with it. That's a but I, I definitely point. think it's the more unique things and the ones that we started out thinking, which were the you know the, the tools and tactics that we use that this profession was originally built on.
1: Which is interesting. I mean, because when, when I when you think of traditional PR, you automatically think a lot of times of media relations, and today it's I mean truly like the campaign. Um, you know that 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 you won. You know the campaign for real beauty. It was about you know influencers. It was about enrolling people. I mean, people bonded with your story. They, you know, you you actually ended up with a million. I'm sure more than a million. I'm just throwing a number out there, but like millions of people as active salespeople and um, reps for you. So to speak. It-
5: well, it definitely is amazing. I mean, over four mm-hmm. and a half million people have, have logged on to the campaign for mm-hmm. uh, to engage in just dialogue and debate and conversations. Um, that's not to mention the people that you have on the streets or, or the other experiences with even real women and the people that come in contact with them. I mean, there's, you know, or through our educational programs that we do with the Girls Cup of the USA for our Dove Self-Esteem Fund um, for really walking the talk and building self-esteem in young girls. So there, there's so many different pulse points, but it really does start with the message and how that message is put out there. And ultimately, that's in whatever vehicles or forms of communication you use. So in this particular case, um, I mean, a lot of it was generated through media or reaching influencers that were media gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. But I think the web also creates a new landscape of, of media, if you will. I think that um, you know, integrated content into shows, it's not just about product placement anymore. Yeah. It's about... It's about creating the message and how that message is woven into the very fiber or makeup of the style or the thematic of the show, so that that message becomes so organic to the content and yet still resonate with the consumer, so that it can or or the end user or if it's you know healthcare, you know, just depending on what category you're trying to reach, Absolutely. that it um, sort of bubbles up. So for me, it really really starts very much with the message and how that's communicated, and through what channels you use, or whether it's an influencer or through a gatekeeper, through a new medium or an old medium or a traditional tactic or non-traditional, whatever word you want right, to use, right. but it's about having a full staple because people are moving too fast today. There's too many ways for us to get our,
1: Communicate. You know, our information. Yes. Oh, I, I agree with you. I think, first of all, I think you made the most brilliant statement, um, which is, you know, having a clear message. You have to have your message points and stick to it because it is very easy to get off topic. Um, and then have things become convoluted, and then use all of the uh, you know all of the outlets that are there for you. And, it, and it's true. I mean, especially with the web today, um, it's very easy. You know, it used to be you know product placements or what have you. I think the consumers, um, and tell me if you disagree, consumers are becoming much more savvy. They understand when they're being sold to, and there's a difference between selling to someone and enrolling them. And people, I think, enjoy being enrolled for something that they. Believe in, and they want to believe in something, and they want to help other people. And if you can give them a vehicle and a forum to do that, you've got success, and you can make it sticky and compelling. I'm Absolutely,
4: done. I, you know, <laughs> I think the other and one of the things that we've been trying to work on, and, and one of the key pillars of the campaign, as Stacy pointed out, is, is you know walking the talk. But it's all about you know, in addition to the broad-based awareness, which is you know, through public relations and and the, the other uh, you know, events and so on, it's also um, having people engage with a brand, whether it's communicating with each other on, on golden boards or signing up uh, to participate in, in what we're doing with, with the Girl Scouts. So it's, it's almost creating this community on and offline of people who really, really want it, who believe in uh, what we're doing and widening the definition of beauty and in, uh you know boosting self esteem of young girls and want to get involved and get engaged so like a, a large focus that we have in planning is how you know how do we how do we engage people and how do we have them join the club
1: right and doing it in a way which is nice that you really have created all of these various avenues where there's no barrier to entry You know, you have the girls and, you know, you've got the Girl Scouts. So there's one point of entry. You've got the web. That's another point of entry. You have, you know, your influencers. So there's all of these various ways that you can communicate with people on a level in which they can personally become, um, you know, enrolled or they have a they feel that they have a personal connection to it.
5: You know, believe it or not, one of the hardest things about the Campaign for all Beauty, and I think we've even spoken about this before, which, which was not one of the things that we anticipated to mm-hmm. being um, a challenge, was when we started out with the... Um, Outpouring of people that wanted to become more deeply involved, and not really having an infrastructure set up to handle the request, right? And knowing how to meet all of those those needs and giving people a chance to even further have that voice. Because if you are fortunate enough, and look, we we know it doesn't come along um, all that often, but if you're fortunate enough to have the kind of campaign or the type of program that can really affect the minds and hearts of people, people are very moved, and they want, and they want to have a greater role. And it's amazing to watch people, how they talk about the campaign and how it's affected their lives. But when you touch someone that deeply, they want to do more. And it took um, a lot of... Uh hard work and scrappiness mm-hmm. to put systems into place. I mean, now, obviously, you know, we're a few years in, we're a little bit, mm-hmm. we know what to expect now, and we're prepared, and we now have, you know, the ways to at least get to people in a quick manner for people who want to know how can they help with the Girl Scouts, how, what can they do in their community, or how can they engage in the in the dialogue and debate, or how can they be a part of the campaign? So there's so many different um, requests that we had to meet originally, but now we have a little better handle on it, but we continue to look for more ways to affect people when you 're talking about a global campaign, I think one of the things you touched on which which is very unique for other campaigns that are perhaps are a little bit smaller or either other pieces of business that we do that are very are a lot more narrow focused or have a very specific audience, does such a large global brand and then affects such a larger audience mm-hmm. of women Mm-hmm. That trying to meet them in all the different places that they sort of walk, live, and breathe is probably, I think, one of the greatest challenges the team has, and to make sure that each message is consistent and relevant.
1: Yeah, and communicated um, in a language, quote-unquote, uh, of which, the, you know, they're accepting of.
5: Exactly, and that meets the standards that the brands put forth. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a very, you Stric know, and code. if you have so many people working on a campaign, in-, in in one, you know, in one area, we've got so many different agencies that are part of this. I mean, it's not just the public relations, it's advertising, the promotions, and the online teams, and the brand teams. And then you have to translate that in around the world. Everyone has to very much be sort of beating to the same drum, if you will, with obviously then adding the nuances that are specific for their marketplace or their culture, where their brand life cycle
1: is in that marketplace. Mm-hmm. And it's such an exciting world today, guys, because it's boundless. If you can imagine it, you can execute it. And I think that's tremendous. And you guys are obviously an exemplary um, example of doing just that with um, your Best of Silver Anvil from last year and your continued um, success with a, the with a campaign. And moving on to your uh, Over 50 campaign is tremendous. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today, for being inspiration to everyone. And thank you for sharing, Larry, as well, uh, You know, some insight into how the judging is done and how you know from both of you people can um, deliver uh, better uh, entries so that they too can hopefully be in a position that you guys have been in and have that glorious moment of winning the Silver Anvil.
4: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And uh, I will... And a postcard from Thailand when I uh,
1: thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> We're waiting for the plane tickets. Yeah, you know they're going to be they'll be arriving very shortly. Um, <laughs> it's all theater of the mind, children. So um, we'll, we'll be we'll be sending you instructions very very soon. Um, and goodness, so Stacey, I want to speak to you obviously before your uh, your fabulous wedding and your honeymoon. So are you taking Larry with you on your honeymoon? Um, No, we leave the day husband at home. Um, My fiancé only encourages me to talk to Larry when he wants
5: to go out and go to the gym or something. Otherwise, he he definitely would rather just have me to himself. At least I hope
1: that's the way it is. (laughs) That's great. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. And um, please, I want to have you back on again very soon because um, your wealth of knowledge is truly unparalleled.
5: Well, thank you. We had so much fun talking to you. And really, it's we love our animals so much. We I, I start it every day in my office. So, You're
1: so cute. Thank you so much. No, that's Thanks so terrific. Again for having us. And congratulations again. And um your rickshaw is on the way and your rugby team <laughs> <laughs> should be should be beating down your door as we speak. <laughs> All How right, are you guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, you heard it. It was a fabulous show. We had Rhoda Weiss and uh, terrific Larry Koffler as well as Stacey Bright. She is very bright. Um, God, they're winners. You can be too. So make sure if you haven't entered uh, as a finalist this year for the Silver Anvils, you just got some really great direction and inspiration. So you should do it next year. But continuing all through... Uh, June 14th and uh, two weeks beyond we are having fabulous finalists being interviewed here all the breakaway brands and the brand makers on cover story